Let's be the flames of fire that God wants his people to be. Amen? Oh, that song ties perfectly into my message, into my message. If you have your Bibles, open them up to uh, Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. We're going to tell the devil, no more. No more, devil. Amen? And and this is going to tie right into it. Let's read Acts chapter 2, 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone had heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, Libya adjoining Crean, uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Come on, in a nutshell, people from other countries are hearing these, these foreigners speak in their language, amen, by the Holy Ghost. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. Oh, come on. Today I want to talk about the radical Christian. I want to talk about the radical Christian. In particular, characteristics of a radical Christian. Now, this is interesting. The, the word radical in the dictionary is defined as this. Departing markedly from the usual or from the customary. Or, oh, I like this one, seeking to make a drastic reform in society. Amen. Oh, come on now. Is that not what the church of Jesus Christ is about? Oh, we are called to be radical on this earth. Here's the catch. The usual or the customary in God's eyes from his view for his people has become unusual in the body of Christ. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this now. Radical Christians are not the majority in the body of Christ on this earth. Can you say amen to that? If they were, we would be seeing more done for the kingdom of God. If they were the majority, we would be seeing a greater impact on this earth for Jesus. So when I'm referring to a radical Christian, I'm talking about departing from what is viewed from the usual in the church, from humans' eyes, or in many religious circles that that are contrary to the will of God, the plan of God. Are you hearing me? Come on, I might be slaying some sacred cows today. Is that all right this morning? Come on, rev up that chainsaw for me, huh? Yeah, hallelujah. A radical Christian is one that incorporates his or her faith 
in Christ in every aspect of their life. See, it's not their, their, their faith is not just one book on the shelf. No, their faith is the whole bookshelf. Are you hearing me? Incorporates everything. Everything. Not just a small part. But everything is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. Romans uh, chapter 12, what Pastor Joe preached on last week. Wonderful message. Amen? Romans 12, 2 says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That you, why, why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now listen to me. That tells me, first of all, that there are some beliefs. There are some mindsets in the lives of Christians that are against what the Bible teaches. Right? Is that what it say? Or else the Bible wouldn't tell us to renew our mind. Right? If, if we're supposed, if everything from heaven was downloaded right when we got saved, we wouldn't have to renew our minds. It would already have been done, right? I'm just giving some, some common sense logic here. And secondly, that scripture tells me this, that those false mindsets, those false beliefs will literally cover up, hide the will of God from us being revealed to us as Christians. By our false mindsets, by our, our traditions of men that are against the word, it will literally veil what God really wants for his people. And that is why those mindsets have made what God really wants, it made it unusual now in the body of Christ. You see someone who's radical for Jesus, boy, they're looked at as flaky. They're looked at as weird. Are you hearing me? That should be the standard. That should be the usual. It's the usual in God's eyes. Oh, we're focusing too much on man. Are you hearing me? To depart from the usual or customary in God's eyes. To reform our society radically. We need to renew our minds with the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. It's just, it's just weird how, isn't it weird how some things can get so twisted? I, we were at a dinner last night for, for pastors uh, at Pastor Art Kilpatrick's house. All of us past Pentecostal pastors in the area. It was awesome, and their families. And I, I did pretty good at horseshoes, too. I mean, does anyone want to try me? I'm telling you. <laughs> but anyways, we were there, and we were, uh, Pastor uh, Ralph Kilpatrick brought some papers talking about, uh, you know, all of the things in Washington where Moses is on the Supreme Court, a statue, him holding the, the uh, Ten Commandments, and all throughout the buildings in Washington. This is what I'm saying. The normal, the standard when this country first came was the Word of God built on Christianity. Now, you try mentioning the Ten Commandments, it's unusual in man's eyes. Are you seeing how it can twist, how the devil can per pervert this thing? I want to get back to the New Testament pattern. Are you hearing me? Amen. And I hope you do too. But it, so it's, it's, it's just everything usual. It's dry. It, people are almost ashamed to talk about Jesus in the Bible at work or any other worldly setting. We got some, some pastors of megachurches going on CNN and Fox. Wonderful opportunity to, to share Christ with the whole world on satellite. 
And they choke under pressure when Larry King asked them a question about Jesus. When Larry King asked them a question about, about homosexuals. When Larry King asked them a question, they choke. Instead of being faithful for Jesus. Instead of exalting the word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm angry about that. I'm angry about it. Because I believe the heart of God is grieved when we don't take advantage of everything that God wants us to do. When we, when we don't take an opportunity to stand up for righteousness and speak the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So the usual in Christianity seems that it's not acceptable to laugh and to have fun in a church setting. Right? And those who do, they're just motivated by demons. Uh-uh. Come on. But let me remind you of this. Jesus Christ himself was accused of having devils. Did you forget? That tells me that some people in the body of Christ are confused when it comes to the reality of what it really means to be a Christian. Are you hearing me? That tells me that it's possible for people to get confused and offended when the anointing of the Holy Ghost is present in our midst. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, Jesus Christ himself was in front of the religious people, was in front of the Pharisees, and they still said, you cast out devils by the devil, basically, by Beelzebub. Now, I mean, the Messiah himself, God in the flesh. Oh, my. Yet, the blinders of man's tradition veiled the truth, and they believed a lie. Oh, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling refreshed. We need to be so filled, so immersed with the Word of God and with the Spirit of God that we shake off the weight in our lives, the weight of dead religion, the weight of the traditions of man, and go God's way. Oh, my. I hope I'm motivating someone today. We need to accomplish the will of God with joy and boldness. And when we get transformed by the renewing of our mind, that's when we will become radical Christians. How many in here want to be radical for Jesus? Or, you know, come on. You, you, your will's involved. You can just be status quo. That's okay. You, you can just be status quo. But I'll tell you what. I, I read in my Bible that my life is but a vapor. And I said, Jesus, I want to make an impact for you before I go home to be with you forever and ever and ever. I want to make an impact. I'm telling you right now. Oh, my. Hallelujah. There are four main ingredients that form a radical Christian. Number one, the Word of God, of course. Number two, the Spirit of God. Come on, people. How many of you know we need a balance of both in our life? We need a balance. You got too much Word, you might flow into legalism. You got too much Spirit, not enough Word, then you're going to flow on the flaky. Come on now. We need to be in the middle of the road. We need to be in the middle of the road. So, so the Word of God, the Spirit of God. The third ingredient, oh, come on. We need a holy discontentment from the usual or with dead religion. You need that holy. If you don't have that discontentment, you're just going to stay where you're at. Amen? And the fourth is you need a hunger for the presence of God in your life. You need a hunger. Boy, you just want the presence of God. You want his blessing on you. You want to seek him. You want to know him more. 
Oh, I'm telling you, the radical Christian is one who stands out from the world. Oh, he or she is not like the world. No way. Come on. The unsaved and those in the world have proven to us. They have proven that no natural thing, thing, no thing in the natural can bring happiness. No thing in the natural can bring contentment. Not money. Not your job security. Are you hearing me? They proved it. I proved it in my own life. You proved it in your life. Nothing's going to do it. It's a lie from the devil. Oh, that hole that's waiting for Jesus to come in, you're trying to fill it with everything else, and it just isn't fitting. It just isn't fitting. But listen, it is okay to be radical and let your faith in Christ be evident. Let your voice be heard. It's okay. Don't worry. I I hear this all the time too. Oh, I I don't want to push anyone away. No, come on now. Don't worry about pushing any away about being too radical for Jesus. Because, come on, I, last time I read, the Bible says that we are to be a peculiar people. We are peculiar. Come on, if, if you're walking in, in, the, in, in the ways of the Lord, you're going to be peculiar to people. People are, man, I'll, hmm, how much, how can I say it? You're, you're, you're going to be looked at as weird. It is the will of God for his people to be radical by being bold in their faith in Christ. Hallelujah. This is what happens. When we compromise by watering down the gospel to be seeker sensitive, that is when, that is the line in the sand when we start to blend in with the world. Go ahead. You, you just do some research. Just find some, some places that have turned seeker sensitive. Go ahead. Or, or even a Christian personally. Just go look. They watered it down. They watered it down. And you're not going to make an impact in this world. You're not going to make an impact. The Holy Spirit had just really been speaking to me, even for the last week. It's time to be radical for Jesus. It's time to to stop playing games. It's time to stop making Jesus just one book on your shelf. It's time to make him your whole shelf. Oh, hallelujah. 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 See, we're not called to imitate the world system. The last time I read Ephesians 5.1. But it does say, be imitators of God as dear children. Amen? There is one thing that is clear in the word of God about Jesus' ministry on this earth. He was bold and he was radical. How many people you see walking around today spitting in people's, making mud and putting it in their eyes? Come on now. He was bold. He was radical. He challenged the religious, the, the, the dead religious people. He challenged them. And they didn't like it. Don't compromise the fullness of the gospel message because you're afraid of rejection. No, the Bible says let your light shine. It said don't, don't put something over the top of it. It said let that light shine. I, I just hope I'm getting my heart across today of what the Holy Spirit's really been dealing with me about. But Jesus was radical He didn't tone down the message of the gospel to make it more palatable. Jesus Jesus made religious people mad because he wouldn't conform to their way of doing things. See, one thing we found out, and and, uh, we talked about this at our board meeting. You know what? Everybody has an opinion. And I'll tell you right now, if you're seeking to please every single person and meet their expectations, or their opinions rather, 
well, my goodness, you're going to be sitting in a mental institution. <laughs> and you're going to be unemployed. Huh? Come on. It's just, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. But this is what I find really amazing about Jesus. That the people who, who, who really claim to be God's people and, and, and the real devout and, and religious and the ones who are bent on legalism, who Je- they came against Jesus, the Messiah, but you know who re- he really had favor with? The unsaved, the sinner. It says he ate with sinners. Not, 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 not just to go fishing, like I said in one of my articles, <laughs> you know? His purpose was to lead them to him, lead them into a relationship with him. So, but, but I found that really amazing, don't you? Why? Why did he have much favor? The un, because the unsaved are searching for Jesus. They might not know it, but they are. They're searching for him in all the wrong places. They are. And that's why they need us Christians to be bold. They need us to be radical. I'll tell you right now, the result of watering the gospel message down is that it produces spiritually weak and ignorant and powerless Christians. It does. When you water the gospel message down, it will produce spiritually weak Christians. A watered-down gospel is a powerless gospel. Let's face it, what's one of the main things that, when when people water it down, what are they taking out? Well, come on, it it doesn't take a rocket scientist. They usually take out the Holy Ghost factor. Come on, let's just, right? They take out the baptism in the Holy Ghost. They take out spiritual gifts. They take out uh, praying in tongues. They take these things out. Come on, that, the Holy Ghost is the power plant. He's the one that makes us radical. He's the one that changes us on the inside for crying out loud. Are you hearing me? Let's just take it. If that's, that's the main thing in a nutshell. When you water down the gospel, what are you talking about? They take the Holy Ghost out of the equation. And it's not right. It's not right. In fact, the, you know, the, the devil likes cushy sermons. I mean, come on. If you're going to leave out the power plant, that's okay. Come on. Just don't, just don't get, receive the Holy Ghost. Just don't, don't pray in tongues. Don't let the Holy Ghost pray the perfect will of God through you. Just, just, that's okay. Just show up, dress up real nice on Sunday, and, and punch out when you leave, leave the church. He's okay with that. But it's the Christian who says, I want to make an impact for Jesus. I want to be radical for Jesus. That's the one he's terrified about. He, I'm telling you, he is. He's terrified over a Christian that wants to walk in the fullness that God has. So a watered-down gospel is a powerless gospel. Uh, it's like baking a cake or cookies without sugar. Think about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I did. I, when I wrote that down, I'm like, ooh. I, here, I don't want to water, water down the gospel. I don't, I don't want a, a seeker-sensitive gospel. And come on. For those of you out there who want to bake cookies, I want sugar in my cookies and in my cake. Come on. Come on. Amen. See, it's not a proper representation of the real thing. This is what people have to understand in the sight of God. Are you ready for this? A half-truth is unacceptable. A half-truth, a, a, a half-part of the good news of the gospel, gospel means good news, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. 
Come on, either you want it all or not at all. Either you're going to live for Jesus or you're not. Either he's going to be Lord of all or not Lord at all. Ah, amen. One minister once said, he said, I don't care if you come up here, I lay hands and pray on you and you fall over. I don't care. It don't impress me that you fall over. What impresses me when you get up and you walk the walk. I want to see what you're like when you get up and you, get, you, you walk in, in the world and see if you're going to represent Jesus well, correctly. Amen? Well, Jesus must not be offended by the Holy Ghost because he, he told multitudes to go in an upper room and wait for the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? He told 500 and only 120 showed up. <laughs> see, Jesus had the same problem that, that the body of Christ deals with today. Amen? And here's the thing, you know, maybe someone was raised in a, in a church that never taught about that. So the whole thing about the Holy Spirit baptism, the whole thing about spiritual gifts and tongues, maybe it's new to you and it's, it's a little strange to you. That's okay. You're, that's okay. It's not wrong for you to feel that way because you were never taught it. But what we would like to see is someone who's at least eager to learn about it, not just push it away. Are you hearing me? I mean, it's okay to say, look, I don't know much about this. In fact, it's, it's kind of weird to me. It kind of creeps me out, I, you know, someone speaking a language I don't know. But, but you know what? If God ordained it in his word, I want it. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, God will work with that. Amen. It's the Christians who say, nope, don't want it. Nope, not going to do it. Even though we can give you scripture after scripture and you still reject it, that's the one that's grieving the spirit of God. He's just, look, he's just looking for someone who's teachable. Are you teachable today? Are you teachable today? That's all he needs. You don't have to have all these divinity degrees and all that. He's looking for someone who's open for his presence. Someone who's teachable about the things that he speaks of in his word. That's it. It's, it, it's not a, I, I know there, there's some ministers who, who try to make you think that, boy, you, you got to go to this college, this, this cemetery, this, th I mean, seminary. You got to go here, you got to go here before you can really comprehend it. No, the fact is, that's the Holy Ghost job. Amen. And that's the Holy Ghost job, but we've tried to figure it out in our own strength, and we put our brains to work more than the Spirit and the Spirit of God who's in our spirit. Hallelujah. See, we are commanded to preach and teach the gospel, not just part of the gospel. Jesus didn't say, go and preach part of the gospel. Only preach the part that you, you know, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be uncomfortable with. That's what I'm saying. The usual in God's eyes, or customary in God's eyes, has been unusual and uncustomary in man's eyes. We are in the last days, and we're seeing the devil and evil spirits doing everything they can to keep the gospel message, the fullness of it, hidden from people. Don't be one of those who are deceived. Are you hearing me? Don't, 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 don't. What we really got to answer is this. Who are we trying to please, God or man? Whose gospel are we preaching, God or man? One minister once said, he said, you know, he goes, in my church, he goes, this, this church could be packed out by now. 
He goes, it could be packed out. If, if I would just tweak my message a little bit, maybe, maybe shave some things off that, that you know, kind of turn people off. He goes, this, this church could be huge, but I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to get a crowd and sacrifice my crown. Oh, I hope this, there's an impartation in you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to let our commitment to Christ resound in public places. I'll tell you right now, it's going to take radical Christians to get abortion banned in this country. It will take radical Christians that are unashamed to speak of the commandments in the Word of God and pray fervently that's going to swing the Supreme Court in God's favor. Oh, come on. It's, it's going to take radical Christians. God is looking for radical Christians today. He's enlisting them today. Specifically in this congregation, in this area, the people who are listening to me on the radio right now and on the internet. God is saying, will you be radical for me? Will you be willing to reform society in the name of Jesus? In whatever it takes. Hallelujah. See, we all have some tweaking to do, don't we, in our life? See, change is not a dirty word. It's a biblical word. Because the Word of God says that we are being changed from glory to glory. Are you hearing me? To glory, there's a change going on. We as Christians, you could say, are a work in progress. We're a work in progress. Well, you don't understand something you read in the Bible? Don't worry. Just keep, keep reading it and keep praying about it. The Holy Ghost will show you. Yeah, don't get frustrated and throw, throw everything out and say, I just don't get it. No, no. You just hang in there. Well, I found out the Holy Ghost is faithful. He, he does reveal the scriptures to you. He will open them up to you. Amen? The moment that we think that we have derived is the very moment in time that we quench the Spirit of God in our life. When we think, you know what, we've arrived, we, we're, we got it all figured out and all that good stuff, that's the very moment we shut the Holy Spirit up. We put a gag around his mouth, so to speak. Oh, I don't want to be guilty of that, do you? A radical Christian is one that knows there is work to be done for God and gets busy advancing the kingdom of God. Go to Acts chapter 1. I want to show you something here. This is... This is uh, some good stuff here. Acts 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Jesus gave, before Jesus ascended into heaven, after his resurrection, he was on the earth uh, for 40 days. And right before he went up and ascended back into heaven, he gave some, some uh, final instructions. And then listen to this. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he, Jesus, was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in the like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, 
This is, this is interesting. The, Jesus' followers were just kind of standing there amazed. They just watched Jesus go up, and he, he disappeared when he went up into a cloud. And this, these angels show up, and <laughs> the angels appear, and in a nutshell, they say, why are you just standing there? Jesus is going to come back the same way he went up. In other words, get busy. Don't just stand here now. Go, do something. Follow the instructions. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get busy. Jesus is relying on us to carry on with his ministry on this earth. Hallelujah. A radical Christian, a radical Christian is dead to himself and is sold out for Jesus. Go to Romans chapter 6. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking sold out. Hallelujah. 11 through 14. I sense that in this ministry, we're, we're the change in the atmosphere. I, I, I truly believe that we're going to see another move of the Spirit come in. I think it was just a taste on that May 3rd. It was just a taste. And it was after that two weeks that all hell broke loose against us. I'm telling you what right now. But I think we're coming into a new season here. Hallelujah. We, we, we've, we've waited on the Lord in these times of attacks and stuff like that. We waited on the Lord, and he's renewing our strength. I'm telling you. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 6, 11 through 14. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, or count yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its, in its lust. And do not present your members as in instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. In other words, don't, be, don't let the devil use you. Be used by God. 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. A radical Christian, come on, is a walking dead man. Oh, hallelujah. Dead to sin. Dead to the works of the flesh. Dead, come on, to the fear of man. But he's alive unto God. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Does sin have dominion over you in your life today as a Christian? You are not tapping into the grace of God. You are not tapping into the ability of God to overcome that thing. It's available. And this is interesting here. Listen, the Bible says that we as Christians are under grace. I know we just read things. I say it all the time. We just read things and boom, just read. We don't even think about them. The Holy Spirit illuminated this to me. The Bible says that we are under grace. In other words, grace is above us. Oh, I don't know. That didn't really click in you. I know. I, I, it's hard sometimes when something was really illuminated to you and you're trying to get it across. We are immersed in the grace of God. We are able to overcome any sin. We are able to overcome any bondage in our life. Because grace is above us. We're swimming in the grace of God. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. Oh, I like this one. A radical Christian is one that has childlike faith in God and his word. Go to Mark chapter 10. Oh, come on, we need, some, we need some Christians who are going to act like children in the faith. Uh, enough of this stuff, point your nose in the air. Throw that water at me, honey, uh, with the cap on. 
<laughs> Thanks. You got to be specific. Man, we need to be childlike. This, this reserve stuff has got to go. Uh, Mark 10, 13 through 15. It says, Then they brought little children to him, to Jesus, that they might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such, say of such, is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now, this, this has some more meat in it than what we're really taking hold of here. Now listen, what does it mean? Childlike faith means that you and I do not have to mentally process everything before we obey God. Oh, come on. Oh, it doesn't have to go through the filter of our brain before we step out of that boat. Are you hearing me? Oh, my goodness. Oh, if God's word says it, and if the Holy Ghost is prompting us in a situation, that's good enough for a radical Christian. That's good enough. That is just good enough. Peter was radical when he stepped out of the boat and walked on water when Jesus said, come. It was when his natural mind got involved in the process when he began to sink. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about childlike faith. Hallelujah. We need to just act on the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit even when it doesn't make sense to our natural minds. Oh, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit's going to have you do some things that you're, you're just going to say, uh, you're going to think it's the enemy, frankly, sometimes because you're like, how can I do that? That can't be God. Well, I'll tell you right now, yeah, he will ask you to do things that aren't going to make sense in your natural mind. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. Thank you, Lord. He created your spirit, man, before your mind. You're first and foremost a spirit being anyways. That's not even in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One of the greatest hindrances of advancing the kingdom of God is the lack of childlike faith in the body of Christ today. Everything has got to make earthly sense to, to those people who, who just, oh man, it's got to make earthly sense. Now, I mean, come on, there are some wisdom things and, you know, and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, not everything has to make earthly sense to us. Not everything. Oh, hallelujah, we need to be bold, we need to be radical. Peter was radical when he stood up and preached to the multitudes after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The 120 people in the upper room were radical, follow me on this, when they yielded to the Holy Spirit and came out of the upper room when the Holy Spirit baptized them. Oh, there's some Christians, yeah, they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they're still standing in that upper room. Hiding in the closet, I like that. Oh, hiding in the closet. We need to come out. We need to come out of that upper room. Amen? The 120 yielded to the Holy Spirit when he baptized them, when he filled them with his presence. They amazed and perplexed people, and, and these people were accused of being drunk. From the multi multitude's perspective, they looked foolish, didn't they? 
You don't call someone drunk unless they look foolish, unless they look stupid to your natural mind. Oh, we got we to realize we are first and foremost spiritual beings. Some reason that just keeps coming to me. Hallelujah. So that tells me that people that are filled and under the influence of the Holy Spirit to the fullness will be misunderstood and kicked out of some religious circles. Amen? Uh, one other title might be Holy Rollers, I guess. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. But listen, if you're seeking only to please the multitude, you will eventually get to the point of grieving the Holy Spirit. I will guarantee you that. Today, the Holy Spirit's prompting us and asking us, who are you trying to please? Who are we trying to please? To please the multitude, like I said, we will have to cut some things out. And that's exactly what the devil wants us to do, doesn't he? For the 120 to please the religious people, they would have to have stayed in the upper room, never coming out. They would have to stay in that closet. But don't be ashamed of being a radical Christian. Amen? Radical. Today the key word, boys and girls, is radical. <laughs> I used to watch a show when I was a kid, and they'd have a key word every day. Today, boys and girls, the word is, well, today it's radical. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Get out of the boat of the usual or customary and believe God's word with childlike faith. I'm getting close to finishing here. A radical Christian is a prayer warrior. One minister once said, you are as spiritual as you are prayerful. And I'll say it this way, you are as radical as you are prayerful. Because the more prayer that you get into, the more that you're seeking the face of God, the greater faith. Oh, the greater trust that you have. Are you hearing me? It will make you radical. It will make you bold. We as Christians are to, according to Ephesians 6.18, to pray always with all prayer or all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that we are to pray without ceasing. Our life needs to be a life of prayer. Hallelujah. See, in a radical Christian, there's a level of intimacy uh, that in them that they, they have with the Lord that motivates them. They are motivated to constantly seek the face of God. Hallelujah. I guess I, I, I haven't studied a, a man or woman of God who's been used by God in a mighty way who is not a, a person of prayer. I'll even step on and say this, who wasn't a radical Christian. Smith Wigglesworth. All of these, oh my goodness, they were radical. Radical. There'd be, uh, Smith Wigglesworth has been known, the Lord has used him to raise the dead several times. There'd be a dead person there. Uh, now, does this seem usual? He'd pick up the dead person, put him against the wall, and he'd say, uh, you know, come to life or whatever, and he'd punch him, and the power of God come in, and the person just pops, comes back to life. That's childlike faith, my friends. When the whole, now, now listen to me, don't go to a funeral and pull the person out of a casket and punch him in the stomach, all right? 
No, you got to be led by the Holy Ghost on that one, all right? Oh, my. Woo. We don't want to err on the side of flake, all right? We want to be led by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But a radical Christian is one that's totally united with the heart of God. Totally united with the purpose and plan of God. Yeah, the Bible says we do see, uh, see darkly right now. But I'll tell you what, he's given us enough light to walk in for the rest of our life. He's given us enough light in his word and by the leading of his Holy Spirit to make an impact in every individual that's around us in our circle. Yeah, it's true. You might, everyone here might not be able to reach every person in the world, but there's someone that you can touch in your sphere, in your world. That's who you're called to right now. You, oh, but I want to be in the ministry. Your ministry are those people who are in your life right now. That's your assignment right now. And God will open up doors as you be faithful to him. God is calling his church to a higher level spiritually. My question today is for all of us, will we be radical for Jesus? Will we break away from the religious chains that bind us today? Will we be bold to stand up for, for the word of God, even if it means, man, you're inviting persecution galore? Are we willing to take it? And I want to encourage you to purpose it in your heart today, not just to blend in, but to truly make a difference on this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to step out of the boat today. The Holy Ghost is saying step out. He's calling us out of our comfort zones today. It's time to get rid of this seeker-sensitive junk and try, time to move forward with God. Oh. If we're just going to get seeker-sensitive, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Are you hearing me? If we just want to hear a nice, cushy message that's not going to offend anyone, well, how are people going to get changed? How are they going to get changed? I'll tell you right now, when I heard the gospel and, and someone was bold about it, uh, that boldness smacked me right in the face. And it, and it offended me, but I'll tell you what, that's the result of it is what you're seeing today. I want people's lives changed. I don't care if this place is packed or not. I want people who are serious with God. I want the sinners to come in and hear the bold word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. We're drawing a line in the sand for RCC today. Uh, you know, come on. I don't want your opinion. I want God's word. I want God's will. I want God's purpose in this place. Amen? And that's what the leadership wants in this place, too. We're moving forward in the name of Jesus. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You are not born again. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. And today you got smacked in the face with the reality of your mortality on this earth. If you leave this earth without making Jesus Christ Lord of your life, I just want to tell you right now so you're not going to point at me on Judgment Day. You will wake up in the pits of hell. Your spirit man will leave your body and you will find yourself in the flames of hell and eventually on Judgment Day get thrown into the lake of fire. Now, if you want to go there, stay in your seat. If you want reservations there, don't do anything. But don't blame me for telling you, for not telling you, because I am telling you right now. If you want to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, if you died right now, you fell over dead, you want to know that the angels of God are going to come and carry your spirit man up into heaven. If that's you, I want you to come forward to this altar today. Quit playing games with God. Quit playing Russian roulette with your, with your life. 
with your eternal you're going to live eternally somewhere the question is where the one who determines that is you so I want you to come forward today Jesus was not ashamed to hang naked on the cross for you taking your sins you ought not to be ashamed to walk to this altar and make him Lord of your life today are you hearing me maybe there's someone in here you made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago or maybe recently and you realize you know what I've been playing games with God and today I got smacked in the face by the Holy Ghost I want to rededicate my life if you want to rededicate your life today come on draw a line in the sand right now just rededicate your life to Jesus today so that you know that you know you're on your way to heaven for eternity if that's you I want you to come forward to this altar right now if you I'll be right with you if if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism maybe maybe you're one of them that's kind of that's been a stumbling block to you that's been a rock of offense boy and you just tripped over that sucker <laughs> and, and you, you kind of have a feeling yeah I know it's God's will but you know what I just I, I just not that kind of person I, I I'm not that, no 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 it's meant for every Christian on the face of this earth the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism I want to pray with you today to receive the fullness of what God has for you. Jesus said, you shall receive power after, say after, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You've been running at 50% without the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Come forward today. Come forward today. God will always fill a hungry heart. How many of you know that? Oh, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness means God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. Blessed are those who are hungry for my way of doing things, God says. They shall be filled. Now maybe there's someone in here, you have a physical infirmity. You have a mental infirmity. Uh, you feel like you're, you're, uh, you're bound by the devil, basically. Whatever. You need a healing. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, I want you to come down and I want to have an opportunity to pray with you today. The rest of you, if you're willing to be radical for Jesus. I just want to open up this altar. If you want to be radical, I want you to show God your radicalness today by stepping out of that seat. That seat represents the comfort zone for the Christian. And the Holy Ghost says, if you're willing to be radical, step out. I hear him saying it. He says, step out. Prove it. Step out. Come over here. All of you who need prayer, come over here by me.
worship you with wonder. Awesome God, holy God, as you draw near our heart. Just.
Stay. 
Awesome God. Awesome God. Holy God. Holy God. Yes. Worship you with wonder. Awesome God. We don't want a cheap Holy imitation God. of the gospel. We want the real gospel. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. God. Lord, pour out your spirit in this place. Pour out your spirit in this whole area, in this region, God, around the world. Lord, raise up radical Christians, Father, and open doors for them to bring glory to the name of Jesus with miracle signs and wonders. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, oh, you're not supposed to seek miracle signs and wonders. Well, that's funny because the apostles prayed for it in Acts 4. Amen? It's okay. It's God's stamp of approval. So, Father, pour out your spirit in a mighty way, and we receive it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to say this. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but here's what I want. People, who, if you know someone who's sick, someone with a disease, whatever, who, anyone who needs healing, I want you to come back and bring those people next Sunday. Bring them. We need the sick in this place, the disease in this place next Sunday. Amen? Amen. Come back next Sunday. Wednesday, we're continuing on with the John Bevere series. And uh, don't forget Thursday nights, that interdenominational prayer meeting at the Bandshell by Hemlock. Show up. It's powerful. Let's unite. Amen? With our brothers and sisters. Go out and be radical for Jesus today. Hallelujah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.